Welcome to another Color and Load Sports Show. I'm Robert Laidlaw. I'm Sean Carlin. Now, Sean, uh, can you believe what's been happening in sport through the uh, pandemic just in the in the last week compared to the previous week and the previous week? It's ever-changing, isn't it? It is ever-changing and a little bit annoying, to be honest, because I like to listen to the updates every day and it seems to me that people are put... And, this might seem silly. We're doing a sports show and I'm having a whinge about sports, but I am sick and tired of hearing questions. These people who are, they tell us all about the health, the viruses, how many people are infected and blah, blah. And then the first question is, now, when do you think the Crows will be playing? <laughs> and you're like, guys, there's, come on, we're at a level where this is more important. But it seems to be, and even looking at the advertiser of the paper, like it's, there's so much about football. When's football going to start? What's going to happen? So it's certainly the talk of the town. Well, just um, a couple of shows ago, we were talking about the possibility of the hubs, uh, where uh, they'll play possibly at Adelaide Oval. Obviously, that's been taken off the agenda, and I believe the latest is uh, uh, the uh, West teams in South Australia and Western Australia will not be able to play there. They'll have to go to the east side to play. I mean, really? It's the uh, Victorians again sort of dictating where everyone plays, even though South Australia and Western Australia are two of the safest places. But part of that is maintain that safety and so that's I think like listening to the premiers of SA and WA they're saying we're not prepared to compromise we're not prepared to give up our 14-day quarantine for someone traveling from interstate so I think good on them and I don't so I don't I don't necessarily think that's a Victorian bias thing I think it's saying hey SA and WA are basically saying no we understand that sport's critical to our community but not to that extent we're not going to allow that to happen so if you want to play you got to travel which you know, we talked about the fact that, hey, we are the WA and SA are the safest places. Would that be the obvious thing to do? But um, I certainly understand where the government's coming from in that, in that stance. I'll tell you, something I found a little bit disappointing is uh, in regards to, you know, AFL players are, are looked upon as role models for the, the youth around Australia. Would you agree with that? I agree that that's the case. I don't, I don't, I wish it wasn't the case because often um, our sports people aren't the greatest role models for how we should live our life. They're great for under how we play sport. But yes, I do, I agree with what you're saying. Well, down at the, uh, the Bossa, they, uh, the, the crows were isolated down there and they, they were told they could train in pairs, but apparently they, they trained in a, in a reasonably large group and there's been hefty fines. And um, I, I'm thinking to myself, of all people, surely, at the elite level, they should know better. Well, you think so. And um, it's interesting, isn't it, that the Crows went through some massive changes. And part of that was about culture um, and making some changes there. And you think, is this just an oversight or is this, again, a sense of arrogance and not taking things into consideration? And I don't know the, the true answer, but you think... The, and people complain about the AFL making rules and regulations, but it's all there to try and keep people safe, but also allow things to get back to normal faster. And there's a trade-off, isn't there? So all of a sudden the Crows got caught doing the wrong thing, and of course not much has happened, a bit of a slap on the wrist, oh, it's our mistake, um, move on. But you think, has much changed? Have they, have they not learned from the stuff from the past? And interesting, just looking at the paper, this is... Is this reflective of SA? Just you work with me here. There's a story about the Crows, but then it says uh, AFL plans as police check on port players. Yeah. Now, the Crows break the rules, yeah. get a slap on the wrist, nothing oh, really happens. they're going to be oh, fine. But, and then it's the stories about port players getting checked on, not about the Crows. 
Yeah. Does, does that tell you something about SA football or not? Or is that just me being a bit biased towards well, I, I heard a, Port Adelaide? I heard a rumour that it was a Port supporter that dubbed the close in as well. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's just, uh, it's ludicrous. I mean, I, I suppose it's indicative of, of our, our football in this state for the AFL, the way it's us or them, isn't it? Well, we certainly it is. I mean, we've uh, always fought the VFL, and there's that rivalry, and, and that still exists. And everyone in SA, of course, thinks that the VFL teams get a better run, and there's a bias towards them. So I don't think that will ever change. No, uh, but poor. We don't want to use common sense and nah. <laughs> factual, but, you know, factual information. We just want to go on emotion and history of of um, of the people that are interested in the AFL South Australian based teams. Uh, I would suggest there would be. 90% of them would bow for either the Crows or Port, and there, there may be up to 10% that bite them both. But there, there, there is definitely a, a huge divide, isn't there? Oh, there is, and that's what makes um, conversations interesting. Bragging rights and all that, yeah? <laughs> definitely. Yeah, it's, it, it is interesting. But I, my personal view is that why can't they just train in pairs? Well, I guess it, it, that's the question. Is, I mean, again, the AFL have basically tried to make an even playing field in the scenario we've got following the rules and saying, hey, we don't want any club having an advantage. Now, the reality of today's footy is that now players are travelling back to the states where they play because obviously a lot of people get drafted and in our case they've got to be isolated and it's deemed, hey, you're getting an advantage over other teams who aren't doing that and so that's the issue. And some people have been very uh, arguing that shouldn't exist, we shouldn't follow their rules, it's not the law. But it's, it's the idea, isn't it? If you do the right thing, the competition can get started earlier and everyone's in the same position. But I'm sure other people would argue differently that things are happening in other places that aren't fair as well. Well, they're talking about, what is it, from May 11, that um, they can start training in groups of 10 and uh, they can really sort of get into pre-season for a season, especially in the SNFL. Yeah, well, there's, it's a messy time, isn't it? Because those, those restrictions are lifting and there's still a lot of um, misinformation, maybe, and you think contradicting information. So, yes, we went from, it's like, what does a few hours mean? But we went from, here's the date, you're allowed to do this now, but two hours ago you weren't. Um, so let's keep our fingers crossed and hope that Again, we know we're in a pretty good position in SA, and well done to all the people involved, but let's hope now that we don't get this second wave, as has been predicted or discussed at least, and that we can sort of gradually move into a place where we can uh, sport can be played and people can go and watch it. But SANFL uh, yeah. might come back earlier, and in fact, but the problem, reading a little bit, is that they're going to have to play for free. Well, look, I... I reckon that's great because then you're going to get people wanting to play for their club. You're going to get people without their eye on the dollar and they really want to play. And I'm thinking to myself, if the SNFL start up and, and get a season out of this and, and the AFL has put a little bit on the back burner, it might not actually give the SNFL a step up, a, you know, a more of a focus instead of the backward steps they've been taking over and over again over the last 30-odd years. And I just think, you know, important close do not play their reserves in our competition and you have eight teams and they play maybe two rounds, play each other twice and then play maybe a top four or whatever, that could end up being a fairly exciting season and you've got all guys that are, are committed to their SNFL clubs. They're not getting paid, so they're, they're training and playing for the love of the Guernsey. That might sort of really make spectators think, oh, I want to follow my team again because these guys want to play for my team. 
I hear what you're saying, and part of me uh, wants to agree with you. <laughs> but I think we're at that point where you're almost, you know, um, you're following a, a losing team because SAFL has slowly diminished, diminished, and our interest in them has. And but hopefully, if they get back in first, people. But uh, they're still saying there probably won't be any crowds. So that's the thing. Um, but. We can only, I mean, we talked about this right at the beginning, what's going to be the impact on clubs. And so what we need to do is obviously get people playing, get the clubs back and running, but supporters, they, they need to make some decisions too, not just the players. If the players are playing for free, that's a big sacrifice, especially in today's world. And so therefore, we've got to get, when we can, you've got to get there and support them, get, get things back to normal. Look, I'm looking forward to, to going to the first game because... You know, with a media pass, I'll be allowed to go and cover the game and take photos. But I'm thinking to myself, it's going to be eerie if there's no spectators there. Eh? So be facetious and say the crowds over the last couple of years would have been social distancing anyway? Oh, when we play the clothes, yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, it's some of the crowds have been okay. You know, they're not like the, the heyday. They're not the... Uh, you, you don't get the regular five to 10,000 people at games. You, you probably get 2,000 as a good crowd. But... Um, there's still the difference between 2,000 and, and 100 people. It's, you know, it'd be like going to Parkland footy. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting time for everybody, including spectators. But we saw a little bit early on, didn't we, when people were playing without a crowd, and it's certainly a different feel, sound, emotions, all those type of things. So, uh, but what's your, what's, so what's your take? What, what would you, when do you think we will see the first game of, of football, SAFL football? Well, look, we're, we're in May now. They need a couple of weeks to prepare. Maybe the second week in June, perhaps. And do you think they'll that will be they'll be out ahead of the AFL? Look, it depends. Maybe the AFL will push it through and, and do something to, you know, get special dispensation. They can do this, they can do that, or whatever. But I reckon if um, uh, the way the SNFL are tracking, they're on target to open up before the AFL but will the AFL turn around and say you're not allowed to start playing until we start playing I mean who knows how the, the politics of this will play out I mean I suppose when you look at the AFL they might think well no we can't have anyone starting before us because we want the focus on us. We're the well, ones they certainly stopped them playing early didn't they I mean yep. the ruling was you guys cannot play or train but of course we had the snow where AFL started their round one so if they follow that sort of process you see, this is part of my uh, angst Yeah, about the AFL, that they, they have taken on the mantle of the controlling body of football, yet they don't even call it football, they call it AFL. They call it a football league. So I liked it better when we come under the auspicious of the National Football League, where there tended to be more uh, open for all states with delegates from every state. So they, the state body sort of had a voice in in the direction of football, whereas now, um, because of no one standing up to them, the AFL's taken on that mantle and they control footy. So I suppose at the end of the day, what they say is what goes, and we really don't have much say in it. True. And is it the, do you find people now, I find it like people say, I play AFL? Yeah. Have you noticed that? Yeah. Like, like Ryan say, I play football. I mean, we, I mean, I know that we can football, soccer, we call it soccer, but internationally it's football, but... I see younger people saying, oh, I play AFL. And you think, that's not actually a sport. That's a governing body, Australian Football League. I, I personally think that's where the, um, the AFL made a huge mistake because they went ahead wanting to brand their competition 
to make it a worldwide brand so that they could be get recognition by calling it um, you know, the, the AFL. But I think they lost sight of the fact that soccer took advantage of that and rebranded soccer as football. So Aussie Rules sort of lost its opportunity to really, you know, push on that, you know, Aussie Rules footy, you know, and now sort of like when people talk football, they're starting to talk, oh, soccer, you know, that's their thinking. So I think the AFL, you know, that was a negative side of what the AFL did in trying to, trying to take ownership of the name of the competition. Yes, I think it's had an impact, as and certainly soccer has grown very quickly in this country, especially at, yeah. a, at the junior level. Yep. Um, so we'll have to wait and see what happens. Yeah, but uh, my, my thoughts are that the if everything being equal, the SNFL should be able to open up three, four weeks before the AFL. They should be able to get into a position perhaps where they can start letting spectators in because what have we had over the last few weeks, only, only one case which was someone from England. So there hasn't been any outbreaks of... Uh, of COVID-19. So if we keep our borders closed, if we do all the right things with uh, isolating people that do come into the state, I can't see why we can't sort of get a get a leg up on, on the rest of the competition if, if we're going to be competing with the AFL as far as playing time. Well, all those things are correct. I mean, we've done a, not we personally, but we our state has done a very good job in getting uh, keeping COVID-19 under control and getting us to a point where we're pretty, uh, there's only, as we speak, I think one active case. Yeah. Now, um, so Someone from England. A week's time, that would be a different story. So um, and it's a really d- dangerous time too, isn't it? Because part, I'm a bit conservative, as I said before, and part of me is a bit worried that, because um, I can see already people are just, oh, the, the shackles are off, yeah, um, and people are sort of going back to our normal ways. So let's hope that things continue on the path that they are now, and we will have SANFL playing footy in a couple of weeks. Well, look, we've we've spoken about um, the pandemic a couple of times, and I suppose it's interesting enough to talk about every few weeks because it changes so dramatically. Well, it's interesting. We've we've said some things, of course, that haven't come to fruition, but that's yeah. life. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and so, yeah, hopefully now we are at that point where we're getting very, very close to sports starting again. And then the uh, reporters can stop asking those questions. I suppose, though, it's our job to talk about possibilities. And not all possibilities are you know, going to happen. I mean, you look at what we discussed today, the AFL might start first. Who knows? But all we can do is just talk about it and and come see, come start, because there isn't actually any sports being played that we can talk about. Exactly. So talk is cheap. So ends another Carlin Lay Sports Show. I'm Robert Laidlaw. I'm Sean Carlin.